This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Well, good morning, Canada. Zucchino in studio with Mr. Weeks. We are Scully free, though, this wow. week. Yes, he's uh, in New York City. He is at an electric music, uh, what do you call it, festival. I thought it was some guy named Ed M. <laughs> That's not what it is? I get no, it's not Ed M. M. It is, it's this for like uh, 24 hours. It's... Do you enjoy that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they call Jeez, this sounds like the last, the previous 12 hours, Bob. It sounds like my head this morning when I woke up. Uh, we're aging ourselves. Wow, look, it's uh, it's a big weekend. It is a big weekend. Lots of stuff going on. There's There's lots going on. We've got our second playoff event. But before, listen, before we get into all that, um, do you know this is? I didn't even have a chance to tell you this. You know, I'm not. Listen, I'm guilty. I'm not the biggest Twitter person in the world. You know, I actually can't stand social media. The problem with social media is it gives everybody a voice for their opinion. And I'm sorry, most people shouldn't have a voice for their opinion. All right, that's, <laughs> that's the that's, problem. That's your opinion. That's that's my opinion. Okay, but we're paid to give an opinion, like it or like it or not. We're paid to give an opinion. Okay, um, I had somebody. You know, I you know obviously we we uh, retweeted and did a lot of content this week as the entire golf community did and rightfully so on Brooke Henderson and sure. if you miss Bob's one on one with Brooke, uh, we've got the extended version of Bob's one on one with Brooke to run for you today in today's show. So if you missed it, we got it. Great, it was a wonderful interview. You could just you just hear it in her voice, right? I had somebody hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you're trying too hard to put over Brooke. To put over Brooke? Yeah, put her over. Like like in wrestling terms, like I'm making a big deal of her. I'm trying to hype oh. her up too much. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, like one of the great moments in Canadian golf yeah, history. The guy actually says this. Wow. This is this is the con this is his this is his opinion. Yeah, everyone's entitled. Right. Well, see now there's the big problem now, right. isn't it, Bob? Yeah, well. <laughs> Some opinions shouldn't get publicized as much, but that's yeah, fine. You know, so he says I'm putting putting her over too much. I'm trying to hype her up too much. Unreal, oh boy, unbelievable. How, uh, now that you've had a week to digest your week, I was in uh, I was in New York for the Northern Trust for the playoffs. You were in Regina for the Ladies Canadian Open. Now that you've had a week to digest your week in Regina. Uh, anything you feel any different? Anything more clear than it was a week ago? Uh, no, it was just like it was a spectacular moment. There were so many little things I could pick out and tell you about that that kind of stand out for me. But I don't think I've gone. I've done a. I was out in Whistler this week golfing with some clients, and I don't think I went from any step in the airport. Like I left Tuesday and came back Thursday in an airport or walking through Whistler, normally a ski town, primarily I guess, uh, anywhere where people haven't come up to me and said. How about Brooke? Wasn't that amazing? Like, they're just talking about that moment yeah. still. And and it's obviously touched a lot of Canadians and a lot of 
different ways, and, and it's uh, still standing out. I mean, look at her this week. She's already back. She's within three or four shots of the lead again. So um, it's, it's one of those moments where I think you're going to remember where you were. Yeah, I, well, I, I certainly were on the road well, driving I, somewhere. I would. I, I was actually inside. Uh, I was calling golf and watching it on my phone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, busy show. We got Brooke uh, Henderson with Bob coming up. Uh, last week, I had the opportunity to speak with Tiger. I called some Tiger Woods at the Northern Trust and uh, had the opportunity to grab a couple of questions with Tiger Woods. So we have that for you. And I have a rant for you in Winners Weird and What that just happens to be connected to that Tiger Woods interview um, from the Northern Trust. It was just you know something that just irritated me and got me totally fired up. We're going to take a look at the Ryder Cup because we are coming down to crunch time now for Ryder Cup qualifications and picks. Uh, a lot of them coming uh, Tuesday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning this Wednesday. week. Wednesday. Wednesday for Euro. Yep. Tuesday morning for U.S. Sunday for Euro for the first qualifier. For the first qualifiers. qualifiers. So we're, you know, a lot of Ryder Cup coming, a lot of FedEx Cup coming, and lots to get to. But first, let's do some news and headlines. News and headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and seven U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. All right, Bob. Elena Sharp. Now I didn't realize that you had a familiarity with this uh, with this event. You uh, told me that you have participated and have well, been okay. at this event, so, but her golf bag raised nineteen thousand dollars. Nineteen thousand dollars. So backing up very quickly, I know it got lost a little bit maybe in the shuffle, but uh, Brooke Henderson designed her. She and, and her caddy and partner Sarah Bowman uh, came up with the idea to design a Humboldt golf bag, big staff bag that she carried around last week. It had the Humboldt colors, had a uh, a logo embra- emblazoned on it and the whole deal. And they took it around, used it for four rounds, and then they went to, uh, they left it there and it was auctioned off at a big golf tournament that's in uh, Saskatoon at the Willows Golf Course. And then they have a big event at night. It's called the Synergy 8. And there's eight guys who have put together this tournament over the last couple of years where they'll bring in a big name into uh, into the town. So it's like Nick Price. When I was there, I hosted it one year. Nick Price was there. They brought Curtis Strange. They've had Colin Montgomery. They've had, I think I've had Greg Norman. Um, and they bring it in, and they have have a ballroom with 1,500 people all paying wow. to come and go to this dinner. And at that event, they auctioned off her golf bag, and it got $19,000 for, uh, for the children's hospital in uh, that town in Saskatoon. So congratulations. And what a great performance by... Um, what a great idea by those two. But yeah. Well Elena done, Sharp. Elena. Well done and uh, good cause. Uh, last week, I don't know if you recall, on uh, Golf Talk Canada Television, I, I did, said I didn't know anything, but I had a hunch that we might see Tiger's old putter in the bag this week at the Dell Technology. He was very disappointed with his putting, and rightfully so, so last week at the Northern Trust. He hit it very solid and couldn't get the ball in the hole, and his driver came back last week in the first playoff event. He hit, you know, he barely missed a driver a, a fairway on Sunday, and overall, even Thursday to Sunday, his driver was probably the best it's been competitively all year. Uh, they uh, played around with the loft on on the on the face. Uh, they went back to an old shaft he, he was comfortable with a few years ago. Anyway, they found something, but the putter was gone. Well, I wasn't too far off, Bob. He's gone to a tailor-made TP Juno putter. Had 26 putts yesterday, but it's practically, uh, with the exception of some coloring, and of course the insert that TaylorMade uses, that pure roll insert, with the exception of the insert and some coloring, it's practically 
uh, almost an identical head shape and design as to the putter he used to win 15, uh, 14 majors. Yeah, he's got, and it's a little bit of a, uh, a little bit more of a roll face, I think, whatever you call it. Closes a little bit more. It's not face balance. Yeah, it releases. Right. So, I mean, it's uh, it's probably something he can look down at and not really be too um, shaken by something that's different like he had with the Ardmore even though the Ardmore seemed to be working for him for a little while. But uh, this one is, as you said, looks, feels very similar to the one I'm sure he won all those majors with. Now, the problem with it, Bob, is it's uh, 26 putts for a round of one over par 72. So you have 26 putts. You want to be leaving Dodge with something better than one over. I think this is the 16th time in 19 starts this year that Tiger has failed to break par in the opening round. It's 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 a weird, weird thing, isn't it? And I'll take this one step further. I would love to because I can't get, you know, there's only so many stats we could dig up. I'm going to do some digging around on this, uh, seeing if I can send a note to the PGA Tour uh, this week. I'm sure they'll welcome it. I would like to know (laughs) what Tiger's first hole scoring average is this year on the PGA Tour. man. His opening hole, I bet you he is well over par on his opening hole. he's got to be. I mean, he was... The triple at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Bogey yesterday. But he is... He often goes out and hits a bogey or other on his opening hole of any tournament. Did it at the PGA Championship? Did it at the at the uh, Open Championship or the U.S. Open? I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's crazy. Yeah. So crazy. We'll, we'll have to Wild. do some. I got to do some digging on that one. Uh, Ricky Fowler misses his second consecutive start in the playoffs. Uh, it's a stomach muscle injury. It was nagging him at the PGA Championship. Are we concerned at this point about Paris? Maybe. he's uh, he's the, He did uh, send out some images of him yesterday hitting some iron shots, and it looked pretty crisp and clear. And I think this is probably just saying, okay, I, I can skip these first two, finish inside the top 30, play the Ryder Cup, and maybe this is a good thing for him, obviously. He will get a little, play, won't play quite as heavy a schedule because Tiger came out this week and said he's starting to feel the effects yeah. of five. It'll be five and six weeks with the uh, Ryder Cup, and I think that's a lot for an old old geezer like him, I was talking to Adam Hadwin about this as well last week, Bob, and I, and just you know you know the amount of work that he's been putting in. You spoke to him a lot at the PGA Championship about you know he was sore, he was exhausted, and now he's got to go and you know play four four playoff events, playing well, mind you, Adam. Yeah, uh, three under par yesterday to open up had a great With Northern a Trust. Yeah, had a great Northern Trust, uh, best performance in a stroke play event on the PGA Tour in quite some time, uh, about roughly four to five months. I think he was. Uh, I think last week he was second in uh, strokes gained putting, which is something which is huge. Like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that there is a god, right? Yeah. So, but you're right. I think fatigue certainly setting in, and there's been years on the PGA Tour where we've seen guys like Billy Horschel where they've been nowhere to be found for the entire season. All all of a sudden, they're the guy that wins the FedEx Cup because they're the guy that has something left in the tank. Right. And and exactly. often often that can happen, but uh, it'd be interesting to see. So you expect Fowler at the BMW next week then? I expect him there. Judging by what I saw on Twitter, on social media, the, the, what you which you dislike uh, so much. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he didn't give an opinion. He just showed an image of him hitting some shots. Yeah, I'm okay with information. I'm okay with <laughs> yeah. free-flowing information. <laughs> okay. It's the opinion. <laughs> Uh, that's a problem with the world, and we'll get into that later on. Winners, weird, and what too? Just there's no more news anymore. Give me, give me my news, not your opinion. Uh, now, speaking of news, finally here is uh, before we go to break, Bob Osprey Valley Golf Club, just northwest of Toronto. Here, I guess it's Orangeville slash Caledon in in that region of the province. Forks of the credit. 
has been announced as the first ever TPC facility in Canada, TPC Toronto. Um, I, TPC I, at Toronto at Osprey Valley. At Osprey Valley, okay. and I hear there's they're going to start some construction on yes. uh, what might be a convention center. Which they've talked hotel. about since the yeah. place first started, right? Yeah. Always a great golfing venue. Oh, three tremendous courses. It's the first TPC anywhere, by the way, that has three facilities at it, three courses. Really? And it is a uh, this is a great it's a great deal. I think this is you know it's so underrated in terms of attention it gets, and I know it gets do, does well in the rankings and score golf and things like that. But I don't think it's ever sort of included in the same conversations as the national and and St George's, and it should be up there because it's a it's a really cool facility and with three courses. And anytime I've ever gone up there, they treat you well. It's never really all that jammed, so maybe this will change that, and it's a good investment for the owners. We'll see. We'll see how it uh, affects it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You never hear anybody actually say anything negative, but they always love the place. Maybe one, someone has one course that they prefer over the others, but they like all three golf courses. I think this is a real win, and, and good luck to them, and uh, congratulations. On the other side, we will take a look at the current Ryder Cup teams. Who are the eight as of right now that are projected in for Europe? Who are the eight that are in? For the U.S. and where could these uh, potential picks fall? Is this Tony Finau's to win or lose at this point? Because that is really the the pick that Bob and I, after Deshambo's win last week, that's the one that could be up for grabs for Team USA. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino Weeks in studio with you. And it is Ryder Cup season is rolling around big time. Um, we're going to start finalizing what these teams look like, Bob. Um, do you want to start with Team USA? Because sure. we already have an official eight with Team USA. It's a little easier to figure this one out, I think. <laughs> There's yes. lots of stuff going on the other way. Um, right now, if you assume that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are on this team, which is kind of what we've been told um, I don't want to say told, but what we've been led to believe uh, for quite some time now uh, that this that that they are slam dunks unless yep. they do something absolutely ridiculous that they are slam dunks for this tournament. Considering Bryson DeChambeau won the first playoff event of the um, playoffs last week at the Northern Trust, do you believe that there's only one position available right now? And if so. Does Tony Finau have that by the throat? I guess that's uh, the conversation. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, I think it's his to lose. To be perfectly honest with you, um, I don't see how you can. He's such a dynamic player. He's got so many strong points to his game. I mean, he drives at a mile when he's on. You know, he's. I mean, that ra- crazy round he put up at the PGA was was something else. But I just think that uh, the only other guy I see sort of outside is uh, is Kisner. And Kisner is a great guy in the team room, great putter, which is something that never hurts you in match play. Right. Um, but, boy, I don't know. It's 
See, I'm with you. I, I think this thing is done. I think Finau's the fourth guy. I think there's only two players that could spoil, spoil the party. Um, I think Kisner is the first one, and I think Xander Shoffley is the second one that could Possible. potentially. Yeah. But I think both of them need to win. Right. If they right. have to win. Now, Shoffley opened up with a 300 par 68. He's tied for eighth at the Dell Technology. So he's within striking distance. I'm looking here at Kevin Kisner, and he opened up with a 69, 200 par, T16, also within striking distance. But right behind them, there's Finau again at 200 as well. So holding pace with the guys that would be on his tail. But again, Bob, unless they go out and win, I think this Ryder Cup team for the U.S. is is, is a done deal. I, yeah. I just don't see it uh, changing. So on the European side, now we're going to know more Tuesday morning for three so with the Monday Sunday, finish. There's a Sunday finish in the European Tour, and after that, the eight qualifiers get in. And of course, they have four off two lists, four off the European Tour right. points list, four off the uh, world points. Right. And then on Wednesday, he'll announce uh, – Thomas Bjorn will announce his four picks. Right. And on the USA side, we're going to get three of the four picks Tuesday morning. Uh, that's right. Okay. So he- here's what your European tour team looks like right now. Francesco Molinari, Justin Rose, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Alex Norin, Thor Bjorn Jolson. Those are your top eight right now. If it were to end right now, those are the eight that get in. The question is a lot blurrier and a lot <laughs> muddier when we're talking European Ryder Cup because, okay, Ian Poulter, if we go to the world points list, Ian Poulter's the next guy on the list. He's probably been the most consistent, I think, throughout the year uh, in terms of quality of play. He won. Mm-hmm. He won. He's been kind of chomping at the at the heels most of the year. I think Ian Poulter's a lock for this team. Here's where it gets uh, very interesting. Rafa Cabrera Bale, okay, uh, barely a top ten. Since uh, since the start of this year, he had a, a top five at the Italian Open. Other than that, uh, Bayo has done very little. Paul Casey won earlier this year. He's been absentee since. Uh, so, you know, yes, he's got the win, but, you know, is he playing well at the moment? No, he's not in form whatsoever. Right. Matthew Fitzpatrick, not done much. Sergio Garcia hasn't done anything. Hasn't made a cut. Hasn't made a cut. Eddie Pepperell. Then we're down to Russell Knox and Henrik Stenson, 16th on the world points list. Bob, do you go with the hot hand? Do you try to find the hot hand with some of those picks? Like, what do you do if you're uh, if you're Thomas Bjorn? I think, you know, I think you got to go with your gut on these ones. And I think there's some of these guys can rise to the occasion. But um, some guys have shown, like like Matthew Fitzpatrick is not doing too poorly. He's actually playing well this week. He's had a couple of sniffs. Eddie Pepperell did well at the Open Championship, so those might be the first two guys I lean towards. But, I mean, do you want to go with, with guys who you think are just going to, um, what's the word? Okay, let me ask you, let me put it another way, too. Okay, so if, do you believe Ian Poulter's on this team? Oh, yeah. Okay. Poulter's played well lately. All right. So there's three picks rough. So okay. I believe Poulter's on this team, too. Okay. If I got those three picks? Yeah. Do you have to, do you want a Spaniard to play with Rom? I don't think that's as big a deal as it used to be. Okay. Because I, I think Rom plays a lot with all sorts of different areas. So you don't and... think I'm going to, I'm not going to take Rafa and or Sergio, one of them automatically to play with Rom? At this point, I might take Rafa before I take Sergio, to be perfectly right. honest with Lost you. Lost in the wilderness. But I wouldn't take him specifically to play for with that. Rom. I would just okay. take him on the team. I think Paul Casey is going to be a lock. I just think he's... Okay. So in. those are your two guys that are yeah. in. 
So now you're looking for the hot hand, and you're thinking maybe Fitzpatrick, maybe Pepper. Or would you go further down the list? Would you say, you know, for instance, you know, if, if I can if I can get a healthy Henrik Stenson, how do you leave him off the team? Well, I don't know. I mean, how do you leave Sergio off the team? That's true, too. Then, <laughs> it's, right? There's so many guys who have played well in the past. So it's that whole thing about do you want a veteran guy who's played well mm-hmm. who you hope will rise to the occasion versus a guy who might be playing a little bit better coming in like an Eddie Pepperell or like a uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I don't know. It's I, I think I might go with a hot hand. I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree. I'll throw one more thing at you here before we go to break, because on the other side, we got Bob's one-on-one extended interview with Brooke Henderson immediately following her big win last week on Canadian soil. Um, I'll throw one more at you here. A lot of names on this list that are going to qualify, it's either their first Ryder Cup or they have limited Ryder Cup experience. Thor Bjorn Olsen, Alex Noren, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton. This is from an experience standpoint. You know, with, right now with the, you've got three players that are qualifying for this team that have deep Ryder Cup experience. Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, certainly very deep. And Francesco Molinari, who has played multiple Ryder Cups. Those are your three guys with deep experience. The other five are either brand new to the Ryder Cup or limited experience in international play. Does that skew your thinking at all? If this was in the United States, I would say yes. Ah, I like because that. Because it's in Europe, I, I don't like... think it's quite as big because See? you're going to be playing and with that, the home crowd. that, sir, is why you are up <laughs> for International President's Cup captaincy potentially down the road when we land on Canadian soil. Bob Weeks as your international captain. Because he's thinking right. On the other side, Bob, one-on-one with Brooks. She became the first female Canadian to win our National Open on Canadian soil since 1973. We'll hear from the young 20-year-old phenom next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Welcome back, Zacchino Weeks. Both in studio. Adam Scully off this week. He's at a... He's dancing. An electric dance music festival in New York. (laughs) Get me off this treadmill, Bob. (laughs) Someone pull the plug, Bob. God. God, poor Scully. You know, I'm a big Killers fan. You know, I love the band The Killers. It's one of my favorite bands. And they are headlining a current music festival. But and, and I've seen the Killers multiple times, and I'd love to see them again. But I refuse to go to a f- like a music festival and and stand in a field for twelve hours to right. like see the band you want to see. So I, I just won't do it. So you God go bless Kelly. If you're going to go to an outdoor yes. festival because they've got like yes. luxury tents. Yes. Tents not the right word. But. No, <laughs> no, it's like a private little suite thing to watch the right. Yeah, that's more my speed, Bob. Glamping. Unfortunately, you know, I have beer money and champagne taste. That's the problem, okay? Um, 
We're a week removed from the uh, largest Canadian professional victory since the 2003 Green Jacket, Mike Weir. Uh, you know, and I, I want to get your take on something, and I, I'm going to I'm going to tee you up for it now, uh, and then we're going to run your interview, and then we'll, maybe we'll get your thoughts on it in segment four, our okay. final segment, of the first hour. And the reason, because I don't know if you've been asked this, and I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you what it is, uh, and let you think about it a bit, because I was asked it once this week, and I wasn't thinking along those terms. I've been doing a lot of radio hits, as you have. We've been been. You already mentioned you've been asked a lot about Brooke Henderson. People want to talk about it, and the question arose, and you and I talked about the question on television. You know, how long before she is the greatest Canadian golfer of all time? Mm. You know, she's got seven wins. She's only one win behind Sandra Post, uh, George Newton, and Mike Weir. She's got the, the so she's got the seven wins to their eight. She's got the major. Weirsy's got the major. Sandra's got the major. And I said, guaranteed within the next 12 months, she's going to more than likely be multiple majors and at nine or 10 wins. Might in the be next by Sunday. Could be by Sunday, right. <laughs> she will be in the next 12 months the greatest Canadian golfer of all time. So you and I have been having that conversation when we're talking about records, career records as the criteria. I was asked on Sean Campbell's show in Montreal, uh, TSN this week, is she the greatest Canadian female athlete present and is she where does she stack greatest female Canadian athlete period mm. all time that's a good conversation to have right so I need you to think about this because okay. I was grinding my brain on great Canadian female athletes I was sure. grinding my brain and I'm trying to figure out where she is and where I'm projecting her okay. forget golf the argument now is or the conversation in Montreal Sports. was she transcends golf. She's sports. She's bigger. And at least that's where she's headed. So think All about right. that. All we'll right. talk about that in the next segment. Bob went one-on-one after this historic victory. Here's Bob and Brooke Henderson. Brooke, congratulations. I don't know how to put what we just saw into words, but um, to start off with, on Friday after your round and on Saturday after your round, I asked you how hard it was going to be to keep the what-ifs out of the, the equation. What was it like this morning and even last night before you teed off? How, how did you feel? Um, well, I was definitely thinking about that um, for sure. But, you know, I knew there was a lot of t- or a ton of talented players really close to the lead. And I knew I would have to play my best today to even have a chance at the win. And so, you know, I just tried to go over my game plan again, tried to, you know, look at the spots where it was good to hit it, where holes I could make birdies, holes where, you know, pars are good. Um, And I feel like my sister and my dad and I, we really came up with a great plan and I was able to execute it pretty well today, um, especially on the back nine, you know, five birdies. um, And it's just, it's just an amazing feeling, you know, coming up 18 is something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, You talked about that back nine, the front nine, you were, you seemed very good in control and you were certainly dominating and then, and then Angel starts to all of a sudden start making birdies and you matched her birdie for birdie. Did you see the lead at any point? Did you react to the lead at any point? Uh, You know, through the front nine, I felt like I was in control. You know, I was hitting a lot of great shots, but I felt like I wanted to get further away from everybody. Um, So, you know, turning 
uh, making the turn, you know, I wanted to make a lot more birdies, and I was able to do that 12 through 15, I guess. Um, and like you said, Angel, she was making a lot of birdies, making a lot of putts, so I felt like I had to make them just to keep up with her. Um, and then, you know, eventually was able to pull away a little bit. But, um, you know, I never really felt safe until I hit my approach into 18, and then I finally felt like, man, I've actually done this. Um, to hear the crowd go crazy, um, it's just incredible. Uh I've watched you play a lot of golf over the years, and I've never seen you, I don't think, without kind of a smile on your face. You usually are smiling at the audience. You're waving to the little girls, the little brookalikes, as we call them. <laughs> and, and wherever you are, wherever it's in uh, the United States or the Europe or whatever, today there was sort of a game face on there. There really was pretty intense out there. Was that on purpose? Were you dialed in right from start? Uh, you know, I just wanted to give it my all today. Um, you know, I wanted to go out there and give it the best shot possible. Um, and, you know, I was really focused. I wasn't quite as engaged as I normally am, but I felt like it would all be worth it if I was able to hoist the trophy on 18, and I was able to do that. But, you know, I just... I just wanted to make birdies. I wanted to hit the ball in good spots. I wanted no stress and at least, like, the least amount of pressure possible. And I felt like I did a really good job of that today. At any point, nerves today? Any point at all? First tee? Any point? Um, definitely nerves, but they were very controllable. You know, I felt very confident in what I was trying to do. Um, and all day, you know, I never really felt like things were out of control. I always felt like I was, I was in control and I knew what was going to happen. You told me earlier in the week that uh, last Sunday was probably one of your best putting rounds of the year. And that putter, of course, I think you live and die with your putter. I think it's fair to say you're a great ball, probably one of the best ball strikers on the LPGA Tour. And when your putter works, you, you, you play well. Is it fair to say that you won this tournament with your putter, do you think? Absolutely. You know, I gained so much confidence uh, coming out of Indy with a nine under round, nine birdies. Um, I, you know, coming into this week, I felt like my putter was in a really good spot. I could trust it. Um, and then Thursday, Friday, I made a lot of putts, you know, for birdie and for par. Um, that was, led me to two great scores that got me close to the top of the leaderboard. And then this weekend, you know, I just felt like I could trust it. It's not like I made putts from everywhere, because I didn't, but I made the ones that I needed to make. And I felt, you know, very good over the five, six footers. Your, your speed was really good, it seemed like. You never really had too many stressful second putts. Yeah, I definitely worked on that earlier this week, um, just trying to make sure that I never had too much work left uh, coming back, you know, if it was a long putt, you know, trying to get it close to the hole. And even, you know, 20 footers, 10 footers, I was just trying to nestle it up close. And if it went in, it fell over the front edge, then that was good. I talked after you finished today, I talked to your dad, I talked to Elena Sharp, I talked to Gail Graham. They all mentioned one thing that was the same. They said, Brooke has it. Now, they didn't really describe what it is, but you kind of know. What do you think it is about you that allows you to rise to moments like this? Uh, I don't know. It's just sometimes you just kind of get in that zone and you feel like things are possible. And, you know, all my wins, I've kind of been in that place. Um, and I feel... You know, I'm very religious, and I, I feel like I gain a lot of strength um, from Almighty God, and I feel very close to Him. And I also feel like my family has surrounded me so well that I have a lot of confidence because they believe in me so much. And, you know, sometimes when it comes down to it, you kind of have to find that inner strength. And I feel like for the most part, I can do it pretty well. There's some weeks that you wonder where it is, but um, like this week coming down 18 and, you know, the back nine, just kind of, you know, reaching down deep and, and trying to come out um, with the win. And I was able to do it.
You had a uh, rough summer. You lost both your grandfathers. It's just tough, and I know they were very close to you. I heard that they're either one or the other, or both of them were usually at your house at some point, and I know they were probably two of your biggest fans. Do you think about them at all today? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it has been a tough summer for sure, and I feel like they were definitely helping me out today. Um, and I can just picture them, you know, cheer me on. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't sorry. mean to make you get misty again. <laughs> this is, this is, um, and just, just describe to me what it was like walking up the 18th hole because we know what the Rough Riders get in support here, and it seems like they were on the road, so I think everybody was putting that support to you. What was it like to walk up there knowing you had this in the bag? with all these fans going absolutely crazy, chanting your name. It sounded like a hockey game a little bit out there. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Uh, yeah, the crowds were amazing all week, and especially after I hit that approach in on 18, um, it was like surreal. You know, that amount of people all cheering for me, all wanting to see me hoist this trophy right here. Um, like a dream come true, honestly. Just the chanting and the O Canada right after I won, um, so cool. What's, what do you think this win means, not for Brooke Anderson, but for golf in this country? What do you think it means? Uh, I mean, I think golf in Canada is definitely going to grow, and that's really exciting. And to see all the young kids out here this week, and they seem to enjoy themselves so much, and, you know, that gives me a lot of happiness, too, to see a smile on their face and, you know, just to spend a little bit of time with them. I feel like they really take a lot from it. Um, so, you know, I hope the game continues to grow, and I hope, Young girls hope they dream to hoist this one day too. There's a sign at a bank downtown, RBC, one of your sponsors. There's a sign in their in their window downtown. It says, "Let's make someday today." I think you did that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Brooke Henderson, congratulations, and I, I can't imagine what you've got coming for us because this is just the start. I think. Awesome, thank you. Well, Bob, it's a great interview there, and, um, you know, she talks about sometimes being in the zone, things just happening. Uh, that's how she's felt in previous wins. I think we've talked a lot about the size of the moment and whatnot, but I don't think people have given enough credit or people have spoken enough about is how she got this done. 65, she slammed the door. She just dominated, and to be able to do that in that size of the size of moment, we've seen people come through in big moments, and they seem to be a lot tighter, a lot more tension. No, she just went out and just beat the crap out of everybody. <laughs> she did. I mean, Angel Yin, who she was playing with, makes three birdies, three consecutive birdies, Brooke responds with four in a row. And just like, you know, you make three birdies, you figure you're going to pick up some ground. And yeah, she doesn't, just do doesn't happen. It. it was a dominant, as dominating a performance as I've ever, I've ever seen from a Canadian golfer on a Sunday. Well, there you go. Well, that's it. It's the most dominating performance he's ever seen by a Canadian golfer on a Sunday. But where does Brooke currently project in the greatest female Canadian athletes of all time? And we're going to get into that next because I was asked that this week on TSN Radio. Is Brooke potentially right now trending to be the greatest female athlete this country has ever produced? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of Golf Talk Canada presented by Acura was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit JPSMGolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca.
Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob, before I get to the question that we left our listeners with and yourself with regarding Brooke Henderson and her projecting potentially be the greatest Canadian athlete of all time, uh, we just got hit up on Twitter a few times with some of our listeners asking us to explain what the significance of being part of a TPC network is for Osprey Valley. Um, well, one, it's a very strong network in terms of, uh, from a resort standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, to be under that banner of the of, of the TPC and the tour. It really puts a, a golf club in a strong position from a marketing standpoint. But as far as the Canadian Open goes, or what this means as a training facility or anything like, anything like that, or the home of Golf Canada, none of that is on the table right now. Who knows, maybe if the resort is big enough or the conference center is big enough, that maybe down the road they have enough rooms where they could consider it for Canadian Open? I don't know. It all depends on how big of a hotel they're really bigging, uh, excuse me, building. Uh, but as of right now, this just means they're part of a, of a network of clubs affiliated with the PGA Tour and that they will be a permanent home for an annual McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada event uh, and that there's going to be some construction, that we're going to see some building. Outside of those three as- uh, items, that's kind of the significance. It's it's a branding exercise yes. for sure, and a good one. I mean, it's, yes. it's nothing wrong with that. It's uh, it's an excellent move by the uh, the owners of the golf course, and it'll draw a little more attention. If you're someone coming in from outside of Toronto, you don't know the courses in Toronto, where that will stand out for you. Yeah, TPC anything TPC always stands out because it means a certain level of excellence. Exactly. And then there you go. So, uh, I asked you before the break, Bob. Because uh, I was asked this week uh, this question, which caught me off guard. Is Brooke Henderson, where is she currently? Is she in the conversation of greatest She's Canadian Portland, athletes? Sorry. <laughs> we'll be right back. Sorry. Um, <laughs> try the Veelies here all week. <laughs> Just, uh, where is she currently in the conversation? I guess a big question. Is she trending to be the greatest Canadian athlete of all time? Because right now I'm looking at greatest Canadian athletes of all time, and I'm thinking, you know, Clara Hughes comes to mind. She won uh, she won Olympic medals in multiple sports in summer and winter. I think that's a big achievement. I think Haley Wickenheiser with her, you know, I think 15-year or maybe longer international hockey career for Canada I think is impressive. Sandra Post still has one more win than Brooke Henderson. So hold the fort here. Let's not disregard the career that Sandra Post put together. Maybe Sandra Post is the greatest athlete Canada has ever produced from a female perspective. But in my opinion, if she if Brooke is where she is, where I think she's going to be 12 months from now, maybe that that's the time we ask the question. Because if you ask me 12 months from now and she's at nine or ten wins with two majors. For me, that's probably the greatest achievement on an international level uh, that a, a female Canadian's ever achieved. Uh, hard to disagree from from certainly our golf bias viewpoint. And remember, here's a couple things to, to think about when when just when you were talking there. Sandra Post did not play a long career. She basically retired fairly early in her career as a uh, as a golf professional. Came home. She wanted to live back in Canada. Other stuff going on in her life. So she she didn't have a real long time. When Mike Weir won the Masters, which I think was his sixth, fifth, sixth event or something like that, we thought, I mean, there's he's going to blow by George Knudsen, mm-hmm. and he never did. No. So there's no guarantees that as well as Brooke is playing right now, um, that 
you know, she may sure, there's start no, to stall. Right, there's no guarantee. But if she's on the projection where we think she's going, you could certainly make a good case. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, golf's not an athletic sport. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got all sorts of Katrina Lemay-Dones and Cindy Classens yeah. who are figures, uh, speed skaters. And, right. Uh, I mean, you can go all sorts of different ways, and you can look at some. If you go down and look at the, the, the list of people who've won the sports female athlete of the year in right. Canada, includes yeah, what are some of those names? Some of the Miriam Bedard, a biathlete. That's I right. Mean, that's a crazy sport. You've yeah. got to be f- super fit for that. Yeah. But most of them, I would say, the majority of them are winter sport athletes. Speed skating, ice hockey, um, and Olympic uh, focused as well, and a lot of them are team sports. Yeah, right. So there's a lot of different ways to kind of slice and dice this, but certainly if Brooke Henderson gets onto the point where you were saying where she's winning twenty tournaments and three or four of them are majors, mm-hmm. I mean she's, she's which you could project ten years from now. Sure, and and I mean it starts to, you start to kind of try and compare this to that. It's hard not to think that she has the possibility right. to do that. And and I know what you're saying in terms of just because she is where she is now doesn't mean that she will continue to project that way 10 years from now. I completely understand it. We've seen it with golfers a million times. We've seen it in other sports a million times. And comparing, you know, Weirzy saying, okay, you know, he's going to leave Newtson in the dust and, and whatnot. And, I, and, you know, we all kind of felt like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, this is going to be huge. And not to take anything away from Mike, because it's still the greatest uh, achievement we've seen from a male golfer in the history of this country. Lots of injuries and all sorts of yeah. Things and there's happen, a lot of other right? things that happen to Mike that you know that are part of that recipe. He also beat Tiger on a Sunday at the Presidents Cup when Tiger right. was Tiger in singles. Like he had a hell of a career, Mike Weir. Um, when Weirzy won, now correct me if I'm wrong, Bob. Where I'm going with this before we run out of time here, because we only got a minute <laughs> left. When Weirzy won the Masters. Was he not in his early 30s? Yeah, he was certainly a lot older than, than Brooks. Talking about right a 20-year-old. Yeah, so when right. we're talking about projecting and projecting somebody at 34 versus projecting somebody at 20, like there's a lot of growth coming still from this young lady who's very, very talented. Yeah, she right? might she might tie Sandra Post, George Newsom, and Mike Weir this weekend. Yeah, by the time I'm back. done speaking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're supposed to say, Bob, Mark, you're never done speaking. Yeah, that's right. On the other side, we got three dub. Winner's weird and what? We got myself with Tiger one-on-one after his final round last week at the Northern Trust. We got FedEx Cup changes coming. Leaderboards from the world of golf. And all this why Scully's at an electric music festival. <laughs> This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Hour 2 of GTC. We've got Tiger Woods. We've got FedEx Cup. We've got Winner's Weird and What. Before we get to Winner's What, though, I, I need to apologize to all the wrestling fans out there. <laughs> uh, talking greatest female Canadian athletes of all time, Trish Stratus. Oh, of course. The seven-time women's champion who's coming out of retirement next month for really? an all-ladies pay-per-view WWE event. Yes. I interviewed her once about her yoga stuff. Yeah, she she's in tremendous. She's the same age as, as myself, forty-three. You guys are in about the same shape. And I was going to say I I look ninety-three <laughs> compared to the shape that she's in. Tremendous shape. She's jumping right back in the ring. Stratisfaction. All right, Bob. It is winners weird and what three dub. The T is yours, sir. So so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Mark, my winner this week is, I think, perhaps the nicest man in professional golf, and that is Rod Spittle, Fonthill, Ontario. He is going to hang it up this after this week. This is his final event. He's playing the Shaw Charity Classic out in Calgary. He's announced that uh, this will be the the this will be it. He's going to uh, go into retirement. And it's an amazing career for a guy who never really played professional golf. He turned professional at the end of his late 40s to try to take a little stab at the at the uh, Champions Tour. And he's been out there. He's got a win. He is now 63 years old. And in what is a little bit of kismet, maybe, he is actually just two shots off the lead after the first round. How cool is that? And if he does go out and win this tournament in a another great tremendous finish we would have in Canadian golf, he would be the oldest winner of a PGA Tour Champions event in history. And H- I can How just, old would he be, Bob? He's 63 know? years. 63? He's actually 63, one month and 13 days old. And it's an amazing story of a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guy. And I will say uh, this. It is, for someone who doesn't have the legacy on the PGA Tour that gets you automatically onto PGA Tour Champions, it is the hardest tour in the world to get on. Yeah, it's right. impo- almost impossible to get on the chain. There's like five spots a year or something. He was a very successful businessman, decided he was a great amateur, won the Canadian amateur, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to give it a little try. So he and his wife thought maybe they'd go for a year. And uh, 13 years later, here they are still going at it, and they're going to hang it up and, uh, and spend some time I, that's traveling what I'm around ready for, Bob. doing some neat I'm stuff. I'm getting ready for the Champions Tour. There you go. I've got seven years to go. <laughs> you got to find a putting for yeah, yes. first, Oh, my I friend. got news on that, by the way. <laughs> oh, great. We'll wait. get into that later. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Bullet and stay tuned for that, everybody. <laughs> my weird is Mark's news that he's got a putting. No. My, <laughs> my weird is the European Tour this week is playing the Made in Denmark Open, and you know that... Uh, that, that Keith Pelly and his gang, they love to do stuff differently. Yes. So at this event, they have created on the 15th tee, which is a par three at this course, the 15th tee is literally in a bar. The corporate tent is. Yeah, this is, is inside that what the that is? Tent. So I was watching this the other morning on Golf Channel. And it looked like he was like hitting the golf ball out of like a, a private box or That's something. Exactly yeah. right. And exactly I go, and I was like, "What right. am I watching?" And I couldn't figure out what it was. Now here's the added part to this. This is great. There's another hole, the par four twelfth, which is a drivable par four, to encourage the pros to try and go for it. If they get a ball on the hole, 
they get six beers for some lucky fans around the golf hole. So, you, the so if they hole. drive the green. So they drive the green, they come up, and the guy, I don't know, somebody, give, an official gives them six kind of rubber balls, and they can pass them out, and those people can take those into the bar. And, and cash them in drink. for beers. And it doubles on the weekend. They get 12, not just six. They get 12. Could you imagine this at the Canadian Open? Could you just <laughs> imagine at the Canadian Open, like, you know, the rink, the par 3, 7, the rink? <laughs> yeah, how about if we did it at the uh, waste management? Oh, my <laughs> God. The waste. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyway, some lot, lots of fun going on there. And my what is, what is the deal with Patrick Reed? Here we go. Another Patrick Reed story. Mm. He's such a lovable character. Yeah. So he goes to the, he goes to the Boston Red Sox game yep. this week because they're, of course, in Boston. It, yes. And he says that, he tweets this out. He says, thank you, PGA Tour, for the free tickets to the Red Sox game. I love how you put my wife, sister-in-law, and myself in the line drive section. So they've got great seats, and apparently they weren't good enough, so Patrick paid $650 to upgrade his seats, ending up in the same row with some other PGA Tour players. He complains about getting free tickets to Fenway Park and the Boston Red Sox. What an a-hole. Yeah. Like, really? These are first-world problems, buddy. You're complaining about free tickets to 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 Fenway. I mean, there's a there's got to be a list of stupid things he's done, right? Like maybe yeah. when he told the European tour cameraman to stop. Oh, that was only a couple of weeks ago. You That's lost right. your privileges, buddy. Yeah, that one, I think. Yeah, I used that. As a, like, well, anyway, he Mark. just he just sorry, Bob. I'm just Go gonna ahead. say he he is his personality. He's like that 24 seven. It seems so. The one thing you can say is the guy you see inside the ropes that's kind of antagonizing and stuff like that. I think it just that's just his it's just, maybe it's just him. Maybe it's who he is. Anyway, yeah. he's got a he's got the week one week coming up when everyone's going to love him in a couple of the riders. That's right. Cup. Mark the T is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, my my winner this week, Bob. I don't know if you saw this. I just found it interesting because you know me. I love equipment. I'm a bit of a, an equipment junkie, and Dustin Johnson. Was down hanging out at the Bears Club, where you know that's Jack's yep. cl- uh, club in Jupiter, and Jack got him to hit his old persimmon, like 1968, 19 early 70s persimmon driver. Wow! And his one iron that he Whoa. used to rip off the flag at um, Marion. No, was it? Pebble Beach, Pebble 17. Beach. Thank you. At Pebble Beach in the 1972 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And he got DJ'd it to, to to get up on the range and hit a few. Well, he hit Jack's old persimmon, and this is with a modern-day golf ball, over 290 yards Wow! Uh, in Florida in a swamp. With Keep a in crazy, mind, ball goes nowhere. Shaft. Right, ball goes nowhere in Jupiter, okay? Like, you're playing in a swamp, sea level, heavy humidity, blah, blah. He hit over 290 yards, <laughs> and he hit the one iron over 230. I wonder how what the furthest... Shots that Jack ever hit with those two clubs would be. And that would be interesting. To, like I, you know, thirty. And the, just and you know, you bring up a good point there. It's not just the sweet spot of this thing, but it's how different those clubs played. Like uh, the shaft, that they were they were wonky. They were noodly. Yeah. It was well, a, you couldn't hit a straight ball. No, like these guys do today. No, everything's right. curving one way or the other. So I guess at the That's end of the great. day, talent is talent, That's right? Great. So my weird this week. This is a beauty. Uh, Terrell Hatton. Um, just a horrible day of putting at the Northern Trust on the Saturday uh, to the point where, you know, he, he basically wanted to fall on the sword. We've all been there, okay? We've all been there, okay? He decides he's had enough. Now, keep in mind, Terrell Hatton is a, is a ping staff player. So yes. he can walk to a, a, the ping trailer anytime he wants and, you know. Pick out a putter. Thank you. And off you go, right? Instead, 
He visits a golf galaxy at 4.59 p.m. This is under under two hours since his last putt fell on Saturday. So within two hours of his final putt falling. And he, purchase, he purchases a ping putter for $149 and then gets a grip upgrade for another $13. Bucks. So he spends about $172 roughly after tax. Goes out on Sunday, has 27 putts, and leads the field in strokes gained at over three strokes on the final round. He says it's the best $172 he ever spent. So apparently, and you know what? Apparently, if you spend money on equipment, it works better than if you get it for free. So The only other story I know about that is Mark Kalkovecchia in the old Air Canada Championship back in uh, Vancouver. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. He was looking for a new putter, and he went over to the discount store. I think it was called, like, Fred's Store or Lumpy's or something. Anyway, he went in there, found a putter, and ended up winning the tournament. Right. That. Well, do you remember uh, Furick grabbed something out of a bin once? And I think before he won, it was either the Players' Championship or World Golf. It was a big event. Well, I'll, During the break, I'll, I'll... Just giving more credence to your theory that if you pay yes. for it, it works. Now, and, and I'll take it one step further. If you pay for it, it works better. And if you never take the label off, it works even better. Never take the label off. The minute you take the label off, it's done. It's done. You got no shot. All right, my what this week? This really pissed me off, Bob. This this makes me upset. And you got a rant coming on. Yeah, and you know so. In our upcoming segment, you're going to hear just a couple questions. You heard it this week on TV that I got the drop with Tiger after his final round at the Northern Trust. We're at a golf tournament. Okay, We're not at a political event. We're not at a fundraising dinner. Uh, we're not, you know, we're nothing near the world of politics or anything that would remotely make someone, you know, go down that road. We're at a golf tournament. A guy just played four rounds, and he was trying to putt a watermelon into a sippy cup. The ball would not go in, okay? Like, this guy's frustrated with his putting. He wants to hang himself, okay? I tried to be positive in my interview with him and talk about how solid he was driving off the top before we started talking about putting, right? Well, right after I'm done my interview, like immediately following, we open it up for the flash interview area where everybody just starts bombarding, right, mm-hmm. and firing questions. That's where I go. Okay. No, you, I'm, well, not, you, I'm not like you. No, you, what are you talking about? You get the one-on-ones <laughs> with every winner normally. Are you kidding me? John Branch, what a piece of work, okay? This guy is a, a Pulitzer Prize winner for the New York Times. That's pretty good. Okay, credit. That's a pretty yes. good credibility. But you know what? You're still an idiot as far as I'm concerned for. We're just finished with Tiger Woods. I just finished doing a golf interview. All the golf media is there, and he jumps in front of all the golf media, who, by the way, have probably been there since the start of the week, grinding out stories, grinding out videos, creating golf content, doing their job. And this moron has to stick a microphone in Tiger's face and ask him about his thoughts and his relationship with Donald Trump. Okay? This is the what happened when I grew up as a kid. You know, you never asked a lady her age. You never ask somebody what they what they weighed. You never ask someone who they voted for. You didn't talk about religion. You didn't talk about politics. Okay, you left those things alone. Okay? Now, everywhere you go in the world, someone's got to give their opinion on this. This is not... This is not a Trump rally. This is not a, a, a lobbying din- a lobbying dinner. This is a golf tournament. We have a bunch of golf people talking golf. 
Tiger handled it brilliantly, by the way. He was asked about his relationship with Donald Trump. He said, I've known Donald for many years. He says, well, is it a personal relationship or a professional relationship was a follow-up question. Tiger went into it further. Eventually, Tiger ended the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the interview with this. Uh, he was asked to finally comment on the state of race relations in the U.S., like he's asking about race relations. Tiger's answer is this: uh, No, I shot seventy. I just played seventy-two holes and I'm hungry. Yeah, Goodbye. So that was shut him down. That's so just shut him out. So you know what? Tiger handled it great. Tiger's no stranger of having to answer uncomfortable questions because of his personal issues that unfolded in the public eye many years yeah. ago. Uh, physical issues with his surgeries, his back, this or that is. But I tell you what: After seventy-two holes of trying to fit a ball into a cup that it just didn't fit for the week. I am so I like you know what if I was Tiger I would have ripped this guy from top to yeah. bottom. He's you know those are questions that you find that should be on a Wednesday or a Tuesday when Tiger does his yeah. conference not yeah. after the round but Perfect. I understand the other side of this this reporter might not known the role the ropes or where to go or what how to do it but still it's awkward on both sides but I thought like you said I think the best part Tiger handled it really well mm-hmm. the answer he did give about Trump was really interesting and and at the end of the day um, you're right. I can't disagree. It with you. just irritates. It yeah. irritates the I hell out of me, with you. Bob. You know what I mean? Like you're right. On a Tuesday or Wednesday, like even from a golf perspective, in our world, and I, we're going late here, so I, I got to go to break. But in our world, like even from a PGA Tour world, we're told, you know, if you want to dance around things that are even cute. You dance around them Tuesday, Wednesday, right? You know, hey, I heard you bought a new Ferrari. In After Colton, Thursday, right? follow the ball. Yeah, the golf tournament's going on. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> Nice. Good thing. Yeah. We'll I, take a break now and let Mark cool down. Yeah, a little cool off. And I, I got to check uh, that Jim Furyk story in the break. Okay. All right. On the other side, uh, what are we talking about on the other side? I don't even know what we're, we're going to talk about Tiger. <laughs> oh, I got my Tiger interview. That said, uh, great. Or you uh, asking uh, about Trump. You know what? I want to get your opinion. <laughs> What's your relationship with Bernie Sanders? Uh, I want your opinion on Tiger Phil and the pay-per-view. You and I have okay. not had a chance to talk about this pay-per-view, the uh, the cash grab scam. That's a good one. That's happening in Vegas. I got to get the, your opinion on this. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Uh, welcome back to GTC. Robert, I, I found that story I was referring to. Uh, I said it was a player's championship or world golf. I, I knew it was something big. But Jim Furyk, the year he won uh, the FedEx, FedEx Cup championship and the Tour championship, the week before he was so stru- uh, frustrated with his uh, putting, he went into uh, a, like a, a sports store to a putter bin where they have all the banged up used putters. And he got a Yes putter, which was a, a Sophia. Those. It was like a little blade, just basic. Goose and use those. Yeah. He had a Yes putter. He bought it for $39 and went out and won $10 bucks 
the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship. That's, That's pretty, pretty good, good investment, deal. you know? It's like winning the lottery. So there you go. Wow. So I, I knew there was another one out there. Um, before I get your opinion, I want to talk a little Tiger, Phil, and this cash grab pay-per-view uh, that was announced because you and I haven't had a chance to connect on this. I referred uh, in Winners Weird and What to my one-on-one interview with uh, Tiger immediately following his final round of Northern Trust. Let's hear uh, that quick one there with Mr. Woods and yours truly. All right, Tiger, I know it's not the week you were looking for. You're here to win, but some huge improvements off the tee. Is that, have, uh, can we assume you found a shaft? Is it an t- equipment thing that it led to the good driving, or is yeah, it, you found something technically with the swing? All the above. You know, I, I uh, went to an, an old familiar shaft that I used to use you know, years ago, and uh, we add a little bit more loft to the driver. Um, yeah, I drove a, you know, a lot better this week. But at the end of the day, it's more important to make putts. Um, I didn't make any putts this week. And no matter how good I hit it, you know, making only 10 birdies is not going to get the job done. That being said, though, from our perspective, the ball was looked like it was on line a lot. There was a lot of lip outs. There was a lot of speed issues. It's not like you weren't picking your spot. So how challenging is it to, hey, I'm going to get better with the putter next week when you know there's not much, you know, you well, can change? The first three days were, were not not what I was, I, I certainly putted better. Uh, but today was, was great. You know, I, well, I had five lip outs today. So th- there you go. You know, those, those go in the round totally changes and flips and I shoot something in the low 60s. And so it's just today I felt great, you know, from T degree and I felt great over the over the putter. Um, they just didn't go in. Um, you know, I, I can accept days like today, but for the first three days, uh, you know, wasn't very good. Well, you got a long way to go and you got a good stretch of golf coming. So good luck the yeah, rest of the way. Tiger won over for his first round of Dell Technologies Championship. He had 26 putts to open the tournament, so putting not the problem. He just needs to put it all together for four days. Now, Bob, uh, it was announced while you and I were on our travels covering different things that it would uh, Tiger versus Phil Thanksgiving would be a pay-per-view event, which I didn't see coming. I saw this as a Golf Channel thing or NBC Sports thing or something along those lines. What was your initial reaction to when you heard it was going to be a pay-per-view? Because I went, I was like, you're joking, right? That's what I thought. Well, first of all, the whole concept to me is like you're joking because it's, it's sort of like the, the skins game died out five or six years ago, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe longer. That's what used to always be on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving yeah. weekend, right? Those guys would go down to, to Indian Wells and play or wherever they played it in, uh, in, in the desert. And I thought, I, I don't know if this is really going to work. These two guys, first of all, any kind of a two-man format for match play has the potential to be ending early. And I liked it better as I wrote on Squirgol, or on Squirgol, TSN.ca, <laughs> faux pas there. Um, Surprise you don't do it more often. I know. Because, uh, <laughs> I, said, I said it would have been a lot better when they didn't like each other, <laughs> you know, right. when they were kind of enemies. And now they're kind of like bromance. They're like Bert and Ernie. Yeah, I, mean, I know. They're playing practice rounds together and they're doing all that. But I did hear this late. week that the price is going to be twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four nine. So there, 25 bucks. There is no way I will pay that money to watch that game. And I know that there's a lot of people that I talked to uh, last week when I was golfing out in, in Whistler. So the same thing. I'm not going to watch it. I might go to a bar and watch it. But do, do you know how many golfers there are in the U.S.? There's six million in Canada. Do you know off the top of your head how many golfers there are in the no, U.S.? No, I don't. But let's say there's the ten to one rule, which is sixty. Let's say sixty million. Okay. So if one percent, if one percent of the North American golf population, one percent purchases right. this. It's fifteen million in pay-per-view revenue. Right. Like Twenty-five bucks. Right. They need so one percent. So there becomes a question: Will one percent 
buy this. But that's a pretty low number to only need 1% to generate $15 million. I mean, I'm sure they can make it entertaining, and I'm sure they're going to, they say they're going to talk, they're going to have like presses. and presses, long drive, closest to the hole. Stuff hole. like that. And it may be an entertaining thing, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be competitive golf. It's not going to no. be like watching the Masters. No. And again, the minute it ends, no one will ever care about it. Again, <laughs> right. Right? That's the thing. All right. On the other side, Bob, changes coming to the FedEx Cup, which I, from what I've heard, the changes I really like. Yeah. So we'll get into that next and why the changes are coming and uh, how they're trying to simplify it for the average golf fan. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit CedarBrayGolfClub.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Just looking up here in our studio, Mr. Weeks, and uh, they're showing Tiger highlights from yesterday on SportsCenter. And they showed him rolling in some putts there. We, we spoke about that new putter. He's got the TP Juno, tailor-made TP Juno in the bag. He had 26 putts yesterday. I told you I had a putting update, so I'll give you my putting yes, update. Yes, please. So I don't know if you're aware, but a couple of weeks ago, it was my second member guest of the year. And one of my best friends in the world, uh, Simon Mahoney, who lives in Washington, D.C., uh, flies up for my second member guest. And we actually try to do a home and home. I'm supposed to go down the end of September and do his. He's at Congressional. Ooh, so that's I'm a looking, nice, looking, good, yeah, good so trade. Looking good trade. Toronto Hunt, nine hole by the lake, and Congressional. Two good ones. <laughs> I love right. the Hunt. Hunt's a great place. It's a wonderful <laughs> club, don't get me wrong, but there's something, some, one of these things doesn't fit. 7,500-yard U.S. Open track. and you know. uh, Although it beat the crap out of uh, us that day. That little nine yeah. hole got the best assignment on I, let yeah. me tell you. Okay, so... Uh, I was so frustrated with my putting by the end uh, that I was putting with my driver. <laughs> so Nick Orbridge from TaylorMade, Nick hears this, you know, and Nick says, All right, Mark, you're not putting with your driver anymore. You know, can't do this. So has me up for a putting putter. Had me up for a putter fitting, which I've never been through. You know, I've been through all the oh, TaylorMade fitting experiences, never the putter fitting. That's great. It was fantastic. But speaking of buying crap out of a bin. And that seemed to be the theme of today's show is buying crap from a bin. I don't know. How did this happen? I that's don't know. That's what the listeners are doing that's, today. That's, that's, that's it. Between, I got so frustrated with putting. The only putting style that I have never tried in my entire life is the Bernard Longer, Adam Scott, Scott McCarron, the broom, the yep. broom style. And Scott has been putting so well since going back to the broom. And, David and really, Hearn. David Hearn. Really, Scott's having like a, a, a reinventing himself as a world player now. Like it's amazing how he's back all of a sudden. So I bought a $30 knockoff, fall apart. Like this thing is like a piece of crap. Yeah. Broom style, Adam Scott knockoff putter. 
I go out. I play my first round of golf in two weeks. I was out with Dave Hempstead and Dave Mary at Windance Golf Club just northeast here. I love Windance. I think it's one of the most underrated golf courses Mm -hmm. in the country, Windance. I think it's a a lot of fun. It's tough. it's, It's unique. It's a great layout. And I had 28 putts. Zero three putts, 28 putts Uh-oh. with this broom putter. So I went up to TaylorMade, thanks to Nick for arranging it, and Cam, you know, Cam Jacobs, who's well. like, you know, guru with this stuff, loves to tinker in this stuff. He is building me. He took all the specs. I went through the putting thing, putting testing, and they are building no. me a custom broom. No. Yes. Oh, my god. A goodness. custom broom. So I am officially moving to the broom full time, Bob. You know what's going to happen. Mm. You're going to get all these people accusing you of cheating. Yes, they're going to be watching for the end. And right. I, I have made a like a, a real conscious effort to make sure like I'm not there because yeah. I, you know. But you know, it's you know, sooner or later that conversation's <laughs> coming. Right? That's when I completely the first lose time it. you and I play. Yeah, Mark, is that touching? Is that touching? Well, well, we always play together because we're undefeated. <laughs> That's right. So it's going to be Scully and some other young buck he straps <laughs> along and says, you know, try to take out the old. Guys. <laughs> All right, Bob, uh, changes to the FedEx Cup coming. Now, we know the schedule is changing next year, and I love the, 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 the all the scheduling changes. The more I think about them, the more they make sense. I kind of really like what they've done in the PGA Tour schedule next year. One of them is going from four playoff events to three playoff events, and I'm hopeful because of that that there, we're no longer skipping playoff events, that we the field we get at the Northern Trust will be full and no one skipping, and the playoffs will... Uh, roll out the way, way they're supposed to. But th- one of the big changes coming, and it hasn't been formally announced yet, but one of the big changes coming are changes to the Tour Championship and how we hand out the FedEx Cup. So that when we leave Eastlake for the Tour Championship, and I've heard that a story around that as well, that we could be moving the Tour Championship around sometime in the near future, which you know, Tour cha- Eastlake's been home in the Tour Championship forever and a day. Yeah. But I've heard that might change down the road as well. But the big change is, instead of reshuffling the points when you get to the final event, they actually start you at a number above or under par. So, for example, the leader of the FedEx Cup would start the Tour Championship at 10 under par. The person coming into the Tour Championship would start the event at you know 10 over or whatever. And they that person who's 30th would have to make up 20 shots versus the calculations of the point system. I know why they're doing it. They want it to be simple for people to watch. They want the person who wins the Tour Championship to also be the FedEx Cup winner, so it's one winner. I like it. I don't see downside. What are your thoughts? I, I agree with you 100%. When I first heard it, I thought, oh, I don't know. I liked always that race. But now when I figure out that the you're going to have one winner, I think that is is the biggest benefit. And the second biggest benefit is it's a lot easier to figure out what's going on because you don't have to look at the scoreboard for this event. And then this, on the left side of your screen, see the yellow and the red and see who's projected to finish where and how that changes. I mean, that's a cool thing. I like that. I like it during the, the first two or three legs, yes. like where there's the bubble boy story at the bottom of right. will he get forward to two leaderboards. Yeah, that's cool because who's going to get forward to next week? And you know what? Fine. Let the actuaries figure it out and update us on the broadcast, you know? But when it comes to the you know final nine holes of a golf tournament, trying to follow the storyline of who's going to be our champion, that's when it lost me, and I think we've, we're avoiding this now. That's right, and I think, wasn't it last year that Jordan Spieth won 
the FedEx company didn't win the last. Well, the Xander Schauffele right, won Xander the Tour Championship. The Tour Championship. So they have two guys standing there, and ju- right. ju- and uh, and Justin Thomas said it was kind of like the weirdest feeling because he didn't really win, but and he it, won. And it wasn't and the first million. time in history when no. Phil won the Tour Championship. Tiger had the FedEx Cup standing. That's beside right. Him, right. So it's not like it hasn't happened before. Do you recall at the end of the Tour Championship last year, the big conversation being that, and you and I almost reported it as fact. We didn't because it was still thing, but we heard so many people tell us that they were talking about Tour Championship ending on a Sunday and a Monday shootout additional day for the I FedEx Cup. That. Do you recall I that? that? I do remember that. And there was almost a done deal. I wonder what happened there. Yeah. And they were talking about potential primetime television for that shootout. There's also there was also another thing that they're talking about in those changes too, which is the fact that they're going to have a big bonus for the whoever is the end of the season regular season winner. Yes, right? I heard that so as that well. That might make those tournaments down the stretch more now, important. Of course, now the RBC Canadian Open's moved away from there. It's right. not that important, but right. all the Wyndham events and things like right. that, where a guy now might play that event because there's going to be a five or ten million dollar bonus for that. Well, you know what. You bring up a wonderful point, because if there's a problem with the current system right now, the biggest problem I have with the current system, and listen, I'm not complaining, because I think the changes they've made have been exceptional over the years, considering what we had year one to where we are year 11. I think the changes are, are, are solid. They make sense. It's got traction. The players care. The fans care. It, it works. Right. So I'm glad they're making tweaks to make it better, but the tweaks they have made have been good, and it does work. The one thing that I have that's a huge problem with it is very similar to the regular season of the NHL. It doesn't mean a bloody thing. Right. As long as you get in, you got a shot, right? Yeah. And to me, the season's too long, and it's too important. Like too, The regular season's too long for the guy leading to really you get nothing, really. You know, you, 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 you know, your lead goes away like that after the first playoff event. And really, if you're in the top 80 heading into the playoffs— you really don't have much work to do. No, that's right. And that's right. and so if they can make uh, the regular season have a little bit more importance, with maybe you know, make it more of a season rather than a collection of individual events, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Good, good way of putting it, right? Uh, you know, hand out a piece of hardware, give a guy a check, give a couple guys a check, top sure. five maybe regular sure. season, right? Yeah, you know, they should really call us down. Bob on this. <laughs> maybe you know I don't, I guess, they could go a long way to solving you know, their problems. We could just reach out to us once in a while. I could fix a lot of things for them. You know, I'd come to you for guidance. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be a tyrant in this. You know, I, Bob. Bob, what am I trying to say here? Can you articulate this for me? You, what you're saying, Mark, is make it more of a season and less of it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. What he said. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. On the other side, we will stop updating you on my putting. Because no one cares. <laughs> that's a weekly. That's, that's a, a weekly, weekly segment weekly here segment, on, right? on Golf Talk Canada. What we need is we need next year. We need to find a uh, a sponsor, like a pharmaceutical sponsor, <laughs> or like an herbal natural pathic. If anybody's listening in their car this morning. Uh, or or wherever it is you're listening, and you are into herbal medicine or anything like that, you gotta find us. Hit us up because we will do like a segment next year on being a lunatic and needing something to calm you down. It'll be like a putting update, right? Maybe, you know? maybe a psychological yeah, place, or something, like a yeah. natural beta blocker okay. is what we need so that I can take the putter back. Because by this time next year, the broom will have the yips as well. That's right. right. Eventually, the yips are there. It's how long can you? Extend the period between non-yips and yips. Have you considered side saddle yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. 
That's <laughs> what I haven't done. We'll have to do that yet. Yeah, blindfold. I did putt uh, with my eyes closed for a week uh, last year. What about looking at, at the cup like Jordan Speed? I haven't tried that yet. Uh, nice. I, I could try that. There's, you still have a few, uh, a few ways to go. Few hangers in the closet. What we're saying is this is not officially the end of the road. No. That's, exactly. that's and I haven't putt r- right-handed yet, uh, other than uh. on a practice screen. I almost took it to the golf course, but I haven't putted right-handed yet, too. Mm. There's many, many years of misery ahead of me, basically. <laughs> all right, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on all leaderboards in the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As Bob and I wind down today's show, we'll be back, of course, this week for Golf Talk Canada television on Wednesday. Only about four or five weeks of GTC TV left for the season. Of course, we're back in December for our year in review TV special. Golf Talk Canada radio goes absolutely nowhere as we stay with you 12 months a year and are constantly talking about golf. <laughs> the uh, It's interesting, like it's September, our first show in September now. Yeah. And I did notice this morning when I went out, took the dog out, that uh, I had to put like a, a, a sweatshirt little, on. A little sweatshirt on. Well, a little cooler. I know the, it's going to be warming up. But. Yeah, the good news for you this week, Bob, is we have at least one more week of heat wave coming through Toronto. But you're right. Uh, season is certainly starting to turn. We're getting ready to hand out a FedEx Cup, and then we're going to have a Ryder Cup. And when you know the Ryder Cup's there, you kind of know it's kind of was. And I'll tell you, in Regina last week for that Canadian Women's Open, <laughs> when Brooke teed off the wind, with the wind chill, it was 4 degrees. It looked cold. It was cool. Yeah. Hey, and that's why I love it. You know, the minute it's cold, windy, not so great weather to play golf, cue Brooke. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, she, at some point, year. she's going to win an Open Championship. <laughs> yeah, Like, right. she's going to win an Open at some point soon. I'm surprised it wasn't this year. It's a, I mean, speaking of schedules, too, what a crazy schedule they have. Because now they're flying over to Paris yeah. to, or to France to France. do Evian. Yeah. And then they go back to Asia and they do, like, six countries in seven weeks or something. It is it is such a global tour. You wear out your passport tour. on that, baby. Now, speaking of tours and speaking of global tours, Bob, let's take a look at some leaderboards around the world of golf. What a little segue that was. Uh, the Shaw Charity Classic is underway in Calgary, Alberta, one of the premier stops on the Champions Tour. And there is a two-way tie atop the leaderboard. Miguel Angel Jimenez and Kirk Triplett are leading at six under par. But the big story, this is the final event for 63-year-old Canadian Rod Spittle. And look at him right up there, just two shots back. He said he hopes he can get through the uh, next two rounds without a lot of tears. Maybe we can reach out to Rob this week and see if we can get him on the show next Sounds week. Sounds good. It'd be good to talk to him and get yep. a perspective on why now and to look back. And yeah. Good luck to him. Hopefully he finishes on a high note. Dell Technologies Championship, the second leg 
of the FedEx Cup playoff. Justin Rose, who misses the cut in the Northern Trust last week. By the way, Justin Rose barely ever misses a cut. <laughs> comes out and opens with a 65 in his opening round. He's even par through the second round. Do not forget, they're only in the second round. This is a Monday Labor Day finish, so we're barely into this one. Gary Woodland in second. And something interesting happening here in third, uh, tied for second right now. A name we did not mention for the European Ryder Cup team, is Russell Knox, who won the Irish Open this summer and is about four or five positions down that last position on their world points list. If Russell Knox were to win this playoff event, maybe you've got your hot hand, Mr. Bjorn. Maybe you've got your pick right there. And speaking of hot hands and playing well, Adam Hadwin with another solid round in the playoffs. He opened with a 68. He'll start the day at three under. Okay, let me throw another wrench into the uh, pick system here for the Ryder Cups because uh, we're going to the European Tour. I was going to do the LPGA Tour, but segueing into the European Tour, and the guy at the top of the leaderboard there is Lee Westwood at 17 under Who currently is an assistant captain listed. That's right. Maybe he's going to take a page from Tiger's book. That's it. But uh, he is 17 under par. He leads by two. Uh, They're underway right now. Currently, there are one, two, three, four players. Stephen Brown, Matt Wallace, Thomas Detry, and Jonathan Thompson all playing uh, behind him at two shots. Only Canadian in the field was our buddy Austin Connolly, and he missed the cut. Ah, That's too bad. On the Web.com Tour, the DAP Championship, which is the second leg of the uh, Web.com Tour Finals. Of course, the road to the PGA Tour. 25 cards have already been handed out. Adam Svensson has one of them. Another 25 will be handed out over the Web.com Tour Finals. And Kramer Hickok has the lead right now at 10 under par. That's a one-shot lead over You Got the Moves like Stefan Jagger. He's at 9 <laughs> under par. Going down the board here looking for the Canadian Roger Sloan. He's 4 under on this tournament in a tie for 18th and about to make a move. So good luck, Roger. It'd be great to get more Canadian flags on the board for the start of the PGA Tour season when we flip the page in October. Bob uh, before we get to the next, do we have a, another leaderboard? One board? more. We have one more. Before we do, uh, my friend Ken Tuck, who is a member at Cedarbury Golf Club, I'm playing in the uh, Cedarbury Pro-Am on Thursday. Uh, I've played in this event before. I actually won this event four or five years ago. Wow. I shot like 67 or 68 and, and actually uh, had a, had the win. I don't know what happened that day. He just texted me and said, you better putt on Thursday, Zucchino. <laughs> That's team support. That's the problem with with, with spelling out your troubles on the air, right? Everybody's telling on national radio. Everybody's now waiting for my (laughs) uh, 42 putt performance. Uh, The LPGA Tour is in Portland for the Portland Cambia Classic, and Georgia Hall, recent winner of the Open Championship for Women, is the leader at 15 under par. Top Canadian, surprise, surprise, Brooke Henderson. She's nine under par, but she's only up by one. Uh, on Brittany Marchand, who is playing some excellent golf, is going to earn her card with partial status. That's great. I mean, she's using partial status to gain a full card for next year. This is the last week for the money list, and after this, the top 100 will retain their privileges. Also making the cut here this week was uh, AC Tange, who I'll tell you a quick interesting story about her in a second, and missing the cut, Elena Sharp. So AC Tange, after one of the rounds last week, came off. We were waiting to talk to her. And she said, I just have to go into the locker room. She went into the locker room. We were sitting there waiting for her, waiting for her. There was one of the reporters from uh, the Montreal newspaper. Frankie was there, and we were waiting. And all of a sudden, she came back out of the locker room, looked at us, turned right, and went to the range. I thought, wow, that's kind of rude. Anyway, the next day, she came into the the press room and uh, found me, made a point of coming to find me personally and apologizing for not coming back. 
Oh, that's nice. So she I, was I aware of. Uh, she was aware. That's she was Just a little frustrated. That's yeah. All. Well, the game can do it to you. That's right. Speaking about the game do, doing it to you, what's your long weekend plans? I know you're training for a run coming up, but is there golf in your future? Oh yeah, lots of golf. Um, we've got a game today with I'm playing with uh, another Hall of Fame member in Lauren Rubenstein. Oh, but oh, uh, say hello for me, please. Yeah, and uh, and we're gonna play this afternoon, and then uh, got games Sunday and Monday. So. Full weekend of golf, weather permitting. Yeah, weather permitting. The weather's looking a little. Eh, I shaky. think you'll be okay, Bob. I, I think you'll be okay. I'm going out with Mrs. Golf Talk Canada this afternoon. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Because sometimes, you know, when you go out with Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, it's, it's uh, you start from ground zero again. Right, I don't know why. Right. We have done this before. Dear. <laughs> so we'll yes. see. What I wonder where we're starting this time. <laughs> you know, are we starting at I've never done this, or we're starting at the girl who opened up with a par the last time we played? Ah, very she nice. played. We played uh, two weeks ago with uh, Angry Mike, my dad, yes, and, yep. and and Heather and I, and uh, we were at the Hunt, so it's a little opening par four, mm-hmm. and uh, she uh, knocked it on the green and reg and two putt for par, and uh, life went draw. downhill after that. Oh. So, <laughs> Just remember that first one. <laughs> so we'll see where we start. So we're going to do that this <laughs> afternoon. Going to play actually out at Scarborough Golf Club. Very nice. Afternoon. Well, wherever you're playing, I hope it's a good weekend. Uh, today is looking like a good day. Yes. We'll see what happens. Well, I will see you on uh, Tuesday for yes. Golf Talk Canada Television. And uh, and then I, you and I are both in next Saturday for radio, so I will be able to, to update you on my uh, Cedar Bray Pro-Am performance. I'm going out to play Crowbush this week. Yes, is that this week? That's this week. I'm leaving yes. right after Golf Talk Canada TV, so I'll let you know how uh, things I'll go. I'll go there. Whistler was a little rainy, a little cool. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be nice out in Prince Edward Island, so we'll have some fun out All there. All right, well, have a great week. Have, enjoy your long weekend, Bob. Play well. Uh, we'll see you in the studio. Everyone out there, I hope you're getting some golf in for this long weekend, uh, regardless of what part of the country you're in. There's only a, you know, only about a month or so left of the good stuff, so uh, get out there and play some golf. I hope you play well and you enjoy it. We're back this week for Golf Talk Canada Television back next week for Golf Talk Canada Radio. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca.